if you connect with someone on LinkedIn and they immediately give you a pitch, I don't care how persistent they're going to be afterward. Yeah. I'm already turned off. And I, I if that's how you, you know, if that's, yeah. if that's what you do, then I don't, I don't really want to, I don't want to involve myself. Yeah. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Tuesday, which means this is our hashtag one big idea episode. In these episodes, you'll hear some of the best big ideas from incredible practitioners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs within our community. Here we go. Welcome to the Flip My Funnel podcast. I'm super excited because the person I'm about to introduce is someone I really, really admire. And we got introduced uh, through Keenan. Uh, who is an incredible, incredible sales leader. So shout out to Keenan. And Keenan like kept sending me like at least two or three times, man, you got to meet Stu, you got to meet Stu. And I think he probably did that to you too. Uh, and I was like, well, who is Stu? Like, I, I mean, it sounds mysterious and I want to meet this person. But uh, Stu is the author of How to Get a Meeting with Anyone. Let me say that again. How to get a meeting with anyone. That's something that every sales, every marketing, every executive, every leader wants. Like you want to have an investor meeting or you want to have a manager meeting or your CEO meeting or meet another company CEO meeting. Like getting meeting with the right people can literally make or break somebody's life or career uh, or a book deal or an author or whatever. Right. So uh, Stu, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me, Tagram. And yeah, you're right. Keenan did. He, he he talked to me about it too. You gotta, you gotta. Get, you know how he talks. <laughs> I can't even do it. But but you gotta talk to Sangram. And um, yeah, so I'm I'm jazzed to be on the show. That's awesome, man. So we're going to cover three things uh, and, and maybe maybe more things. But the idea all this, uh, as everybody knows, uh, who has been listening to Flip My Funnel podcast is make it super actionable, give people really real life examples. And since you've written a book and you have examples, I think we're going to go through that. So we're going to go through like three really, really interesting topics that I've been reading in your book and I'm just mesmerized by it. So let's get dive into the first let's one. Let's do it. <laughs> first one is you wrote up a story in your book about uh, someone trying to bring Neil Armstrong to his conference. Um, and, and you talked about what they were doing, but it's just a phenomenal story. So can you just unpack, like, how did the story begin and, and what was the success and what does this person do to get the person he really, really wanted to be at his conference? Yeah, well, well that was Brian Velmuir who was trying to book Neil Armstrong. And Neil would be really hard to get now, but because yeah. he's not around anymore. Right. <laughs> but um, but he kept writing to Neil, and Neil was he's a pretty shy guy. I was going to say personality, but it's just that he was just very shy. Yeah. And what do and, you remember? What year was this, or when was this? Oh God, I don't. But um, probably many. I don't years know. Ago. It's got to be about five years ago yeah. or so. More more than that, maybe. But you know, he Neil had. I mean, he was the first guy on the moon. Who, yeah. <laughs> first person, first human being on the moon. So yeah. who goes through that? Yeah. What is that like? I don't know. I have yeah. no idea. But, um, but he was, you know, everyone wanted to talk to him. Everyone wanted a piece of him. Yeah. And I know that he became pretty reclusive. And right. So, you know, that, so then here comes Brian. He wants to get a hold of him <laughs> and book him for a conference. And Neil wouldn't do interviews in the media. He, he, just, he did not want to talk to anybody. He didn't want to, he wanted to pull out of the spotlight. And so, um, so Brian kept writing to him and like, finally was it like a letter a physical comes, letters that he would yeah, write physical letters. And you know, that, that, that shows up a lot in, in these contact campaign stories that, 
that you know were shared so generously by all kinds of really interesting thought leaders and just thinkers. Yeah, um, all over the sales uh, spectrum. But anyway, so yeah, it, it, he kept writing these these cards to him and saying, "Hey, I'd really like to have you join us for for this conference. You'd be great. You know, we'd love to have you. We'd love to hear what you have to say." And there was never a message back. There was never anything coming back. And finally, you know, I don't know how like it does. Seems like he'd been, you know, I haven't, I haven't thought about this story for a while. But it seems like about three years later. Wow, really three years <laughs> later. I mean, that's persistence. His persistence, and it's good. It's, I mean, it's, it's really admirable. So let's say three years later. But you know, uh, he finally gets a note back from from Neil saying, "Are you going to keep sending me these notes?" And he said, "Yeah." You write well, them in the letter. I'm keep, and basically, you know. Um, yes, I will be until you agree to come and join join us. So he came to join them. Wow. And I think that might have been the only thing that Neil Armstrong appeared at that year. It's, it was it was pretty that's a pretty amazing get. Yeah. And, you know, persistence. We know. I mean, persistence is just so, so key to so many things and certainly breaking through to accounts. Yeah. You know, but but also breaking through to, I don't know, people you want to mentor you, uh, people you want to form uh, um, sponsor, not sponsorships, but, uh, partnerships. Um, I don't know anything you want to do. So you mentioned at the top of the show, you got, we have to be able to meet with people. Right. I mean, that can make or break things. I, I remember, uh, now I think like I should have used some of these strategies before. Uh, and, and now, you know, for the flip my funnel conference, I think I shared that with you. Uh, and I know you have your own podcast show. What is it called? Well, actually, it's about to change. All right. um, I have I have been doing a, a weekly radio show called Contact Marketing Radio, but we're about to relaunch. You know James Carberry. Yeah. I'm going to be working with James. I think you're working with him too. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, but James is yes, awesome. So great guy. Amazing guy. Yeah. And um, so it'll be the, the How to Get a Meeting with Anyone podcast. Man, it makes perfect sense, dude. I, I think yeah. that would be really, really super. I think, Alan, whenever you do, let me know and we'll, we'll let everybody know and, and share oh, that. Oh, man, thank you. Yeah. And you know, you know, James, my, my God, James, we're, we're working with him together. That's, um, the thing that he does with with multi or with this mega engagement on, on LinkedIn is just amazing. So that combined with the, anyway. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's incredible. Great. So I think that, I mean, that brings me to this point of like, you know, you never need to take a no for an answer. And and a lot of times I think when I say that or think about that, I think, and I recognize people might take that and like, well, you know, never taking a no for an answer means that you can be like annoying or it can be harassing. And a lot of us get sales emails and calls that are just like borderline like harassment, right? And and that's there's a difference. There's a fine line between being like respectful and but being persistent, which is what mm-hmm. this example that you just kind of shared with versus somebody just trying to do it like you know call like morning, evening, two days, three days, four days, voicemail calls, email. Like you know if you do that, that's annoying. So I think it's a really good lesson for both marketing and sales professionals who are, who are largely listening to this. Is that it, it, it? Persistence is a good thing, and it can be a really really amazing thing. But don't make it annoying. Yeah, and I would say persistently provide value. Yeah, right. Love that. It's not just keep knocking on the door of someone who isn't interested in based on how you're how you're approaching them or what it is you you know. If you get a pitch on, if you connect with someone on LinkedIn and they immediately give you a pitch, I don't care how persistent they're going to be afterward. Yeah, I'm already turned off, and I, I if that's how you, you know, if that's yeah. if that's what you do, then I don't I don't really want to. I don't want to involve myself. Yeah, and I love that. So it, it'll never happen. But yeah, if you're always, you know, reaching out and just saying, look, you, well, like in the case of Neil Armstrong, you really, w- 
you would add so much value. We would love to hear what you have to say. And that's all it is. You know, we just would love to share in your unique, very, very interesting experiences in life. Yeah. Could you, love that. could you join us? So, you know, another example uh, that I, I kind of pulled out of your book, again, the book is called How to Get a Meeting with Anyone, which is, is a phenomenal read, uh, was there are free and almost like nearly free ways to get appointment. And maybe writing a letter was one of them. But are, can you share a couple of other ways that you have seen work really, really well uh, just to kind of get a meeting with anyone? Because I think a lot of people yeah. are shy. Uh, around it. and they say, well, I'm not going to like reach out or send an email. Uh, but are there other ways that you've seen work? Well, yeah. And, and, you know, some of these, um, some really interesting things were shared with me, let's say by one by Mark Hunter and I, Mark, you know, Mark, yeah. I, I don't know if he's been on your show yet, but brilliant guy. And he was saying to me, well, if you're going to call someone, if you want to reach out and just call them, um, why not call them to, let's say two minutes or a minute before 10, or a minute before two in the <laughs> afternoon. And he said, look, the, the reason is that if people are setting up conference calls or these calls, that's the, those are the times, the most popular times that they set them up. Well, that is so if you've reached them a minute before, they're picking up the phone directly because um, because they're thinking, you're the call. And Mark <laughs> has used that a lot of times very, very successfully. That is funny. And I think it was probably Mark also, although, I, God, I, I, I hope I'm not uh, leaving somebody out, but uh, hey, we also I mean, we also have heard about the fact that you know when just using email, yeah. um, if you if you reach out to someone via email um, and you put a whole pitch in there, but you know obviously that's going to kill it. Yeah. If you if you put a long copy in there, it's going to kill it. Yeah. But if it's just a few words, like let's say a dozen words or less. Yeah. Um, and and timing can be really interesting or really very, very helpful as well. So the advice that I, that I collected and wrote about in the book is that if, if you write to a CEO or a C-level executive, someone who's really hard to reach yep. and you do it, let's say early Saturday morning, yeah. boom, send that thing out. Or let's say Sunday evening, those are great times to reach someone of great importance because a, there's no filter. There's, there's no filter. The, the executive assistant isn't at the home. Right. They're not going through the emails then. Right. And B, the people aren't writing to them over the weekend as much right. as they would during the week. So, you know, they'll check into their – the theory is that they check into their emails, you know, early in the morning, Saturday, before they get the, the – before they kick the, the, the weekend off. Right. Just to check in and um, and you're reaching them then. Or they're also back at their computers in Sunday evening to get ready for the for the week ahead. So those are great times to, to do it and it's free. Yeah, I love that, man. That's a, that's a great. I mean, timing is everything. That I love that part is like you know getting there either earlier or later, but just kind of watch the time. And maybe it's an East Coast, West Coast, and you can even consider that as part of it. So um, that that's pretty cool. The last part that I want to kind of dig in is you have a whole chapter on your secret weapon. Tell us a little bit more yes. about that. What is that? Well, you know. Um, I, I will say I, I didn't invent contact marketing like you invented. <laughs> flip the phone. I didn't. Uh, I mean, well, flip my phone is one thing, but like I think ABM yeah. is, is. I think everybody said. I think it's been there around. Like people just didn't have a name for it, and we were happy to put that's a name true. on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's and that's the same thing with contact marketing. I'm calling it contact marketing, but it's the same thing. People have been using the most crazy, audacious ways of breaking through to people that are important to them, critical to their success and their careers and their businesses and so on. And they've been doing it for a very long time. So surely I didn't invent that. But but the, my exposure to it was that um, I, I was 
at, very, at the very beginning of my career, I wanted to create direct mail campaigns for big publishers, for the big magazine publishers. And, you know, I thought, well, that just, it just sounded so exciting to me because I wanted to work with publishers anyway. Um, and they were, you know, th these were subscription acquisition campaigns and they, they spent a lot of money. Their budgets were huge, actually, and their mailings were huge. They were really successful, successful, but they were very, very sophisticated um, direct marketers. I mean, they were the best. It was like the, that was the biggest arena you yeah, could be Yeah, that was the best thing, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so I, I scored two quick um, test campaigns that I created, one for Rolling Stone and one for Bon Appetit magazines, and both of those went out and beat their controls. And so for anyone who doesn't know what a control, what that means, yeah, you know, in statistics, you test against a control group, the constant in direct marketing, you're testing, you're creating, if you create a new campaign, you're going to test it against your rollout. They're most, and that's the most effective thing you've ever, they've ever mailed. Right. Yep. So if you, if you tie it, you just tied the record. <laughs> that's wow. amazing. If you beat the control, that's huge. That's the, you know, that's time to pull out the, the party stuff. And, <laughs> that's that's just an amazing thing. You just set the new record. Yeah. And that's what I did my first time out. Wow. First two times out. Rolling set Stone. Two new records. Yeah. And this was with cartoons. So the thing is, David Ogilvy. I don't know if you remember him, but David Ogilvy, founder of Ogilvy, made the sort of the the original thought think. I mean, the thought leader in in marketing. He used to say humor doesn't work. So all of everybody in direct marketing used to. Repeat that. Humor doesn't work. Yeah. And I always thought, well, that's crazy. I know that cartoons are the best read and remembered parts of magazines and newspapers, according to readership surveys. Um, I, I know that people just love them. And so we'll, what I wanted to do was combine car cartooning and personalization, actually, and um, and direct marketing. And that's what happened is it worked. It worked really, really well right out of the box. So I thought, okay, I want to spread this to the rest of the publishing industry. And what I, what I did was... I identified about two dozen people who I just had to connect with. I just had to meet with, and these were the VPs and directors of circulation or, or consumer marketing at you know Time Inc. and Condé Nast and the Wall Street Journal and Forbes. And so these are not easy people to reach. So you you send them like cartoons, like in in like yeah. paper form yeah. or email form. Like how did you send them? Well, I sent them just an eight by ten print. Yeah. Of a cartoon, a cartoon about them. Yeah. And then a note saying, this is the device I just used to beat the controls for Rolling Stone and Bon Appetit. We should meet. We should put this to the test for your titles. And, you know, I always ask, what, what, you read the book, so you know <laughs> the answer to this book. You know, I'll, I'll often ask if I'm talking to a group, so what kind of a response do you think that got? Because, you know, we're trained that, in at least in direct marketing, we're talking about something that's quite old at this point, but that a 1% response rate was a good response rate. And that 100% response rates were absolutely impossible. Just like, you know, humor doesn't work. <laughs> These were the... Right. the or email, like, so, you know, people think like email, right? You're sending 10 emails like, oh, if I get 2% open rate on emails, that'd be awesome. But yeah. you are, you know, I think with this combination of like humor and direct response uh, and also knowing who you're reaching out to, which is really the crux of account-based marketing uh, and contact marketing, you're really kind of setting the stage. All right, I'm not going to spend my time on 50 or 1,000 accounts. I'm going to spend time on these five and I'm going to create the most personalized, valuable experience for them and get in front of them right when they, they want to hear from me. And I'm not going to make it yeah. a full story about myself or my product or my yeah. story. It's about how yeah. I can help them. It's, it's all about that. That's true. And, and so, which by the way, is the same thing in the cartoons It's never about the sender. It should never be about the sender It should be about the recipient. And, and when you get, when they're on target, they're, they're like magics. They're just, I mean, magic, they're just magic bullets. I love that. And so, so I'll just say that, you know, that, that little campaign 
that was a, that I got through to all of them and all of them became clients. Yeah. Wow. It, it launched my business. And it was, so it was worth millions of dollars to me. And it started with a campaign that I spent a hundred dollars on. That is beautiful. That's, that's contact marketing. And I still use cartoons. Obviously. I mean, I, cartoons are still just this magic weapon. You and I are going to, we're going to have to come up with some capers. Yeah. We're going to do Actually, a campaign. I know we have a few in mind. Yeah. We, so, we do have a few. So we're going to, I'm yeah. going to summarize. You're going to tell how people are going to reach you. And then you and I are going to go off the record, come up with some ideas, and then we're going to blow people's mind off. Oh, we got some capers to, to plan. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Well, so you can actually, probably the best way to contact me is just to find me on, on LinkedIn. All right. Just, just ask to connect and don't pitch me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's the best way to do it. All right. Here are the three things I learned from you uh, right now in this podcast. Number one, I, I love to take notes and that's what I've always tried to summarize. And, and there are probably more nuggets than what I'm about to share. But I think these are the three that really stood out. One, persistence is good, but persistently giving value can drive you know the biggest value for you. The dividends are really when you have persistence with value. So I think that was a really, really big idea. The other one was timing is everything. I love the Mac, uh, Mark Hunter story about like, try to get to people right before the meeting or right after the meeting. So if you're in sales, if you're in marketing, you know, you can really time and test some of these things now through electronics, uh, through, you know, through emails and other, but timing can mean the difference between getting a meeting or getting somebody on the phone or not. So that was really, really cool. And the last part, I think this is my favorite, is that humor works. I think it works on me. Like, I, I love uh, humor, and I think we all are people, and we all have emotions. So if somebody sends me something that actually is is something that I, that I can laugh about, it kind of lightens the load for me from the work that I'm doing all day long, and it creates that instant connection with somebody. So humor works, and, and cartoons, I think they're going to have a big comeback. Uh, if it's not already. So what you're doing with your work, um, Stu, I think it's going to be phenomenal in 2018. <laughs> well, thank you. It's doing really, really well. It's working really, really well out there. And and yeah, it's. It, thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah, man, Stu, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And every, anybody who wants to reach out can reach out to you on your Twitter. What's your Twitter handle or, or LinkedIn? <laughs> Uh, so it's by Stu Heineck. That's B Y S T U H E I N E C K E. So, so that's on Twitter. But really, my my focus is on is on LinkedIn, and that's just my name, Stu Heineck. All right. Um, you know, I, I wanted to mention also that my book, How to Get a Meeting with Anyone, is about to release um, in paperback edition. It's doing well, well. and right. so the publisher is really excited, and we have a new sort of a new cover for it. And yeah. Uh, and a couple of new stories that uh, are really interesting about how people have used this stuff and changed their lives. That's awesome. Um, and that comes out in March. That comes out in March. All yeah. right, man, I'm getting my copy. Another one and then see. And because I want to share this with a lot of people, I think this is a really, really cool, actionable book. So thank you, Stu, for sharing, man. I'll chat to you uh, right after this one. We're going to come up with some big ideas. Flip My Funnel is on a mission to build the largest and most engaged community of B2B professionals in the world. Join the movement at flipmyfunnel.com. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.